0: It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with two full hours of Gun Sports Radio. Your hosts Dave Stahl, Lance Palky, and Michael Schwartz will teach you anything and everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now, here's your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks, welcome to
1: Gun Sports Radio, the only show you should be listening to between the hours of 4 and 6, FM 96. one AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, look for our shows on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, and by the way, you guys did a phenomenal job, man. I'm telling you, I kept pumping the second hour got to listen to the first hour first okay so try looking at listening to both of them and you're going to be happy 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 mm-hmm. but you can get us on any of your podcast platforms or you can go to gunsportsradio.com or you can go to san egocountygunowners.com i mean we got shows everywhere hey and please remember to stick around for that second hour like as if you didn't remember that this uh, segment is brought to you by our good buddies at firearms legal protection uh, these guys are phenomenal And you do need firearms legal protection, especially with all the crazy laws coming out right now. And, you know, these guys are your best protection for self-defense. Check them out, firearmslegal.com. That's firearmslegal.com. The other thing you might want to start thinking about getting real quick is a CCW. You can take classes right here in San Diego, but if you want Arizona, Florida, or multi-state, you can do that too. Just visit ccwusa.com. That's ccwusa.com. They offer small class sizes, expert instructions to fit your schedule, and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes, all starting at 8 a.m. Classes fill up quickly, so book now. Private lessons are available, too. Great dates and times to meet your busy schedule. Check their website out for details on how to apply for your San Diego or other multi-state CCW at CCWUSA.com. CCWUSA.com. And hurry up. First come, first serve. All right, hey, we've got a very special guest, and I think, uh, Michael, would you like to introduce him?
2: Well, actually, uh, this is, uh, is Joe's, Joe's special guest. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about uh, the special guest, but uh, but uh, Joe's
3: a uh, oh, subject Joe. matter like, expert. We're, we're all excited here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very good. That covert yeah. stuff's
3: working out really there we well go. for you. So, yeah, today we have um, one of the true legends, I think, of the firearms world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Tom Gibbons with us today, and um, Tom is... Uh, been in law enforcement for years, a 25-year law enforcement veteran. He's been training uh, uh, civilians and military and law enforcement and firearms for the last 18 years. Uh, he's a founder, uh, along with his wife, Lynn. They've run the Rangemaster Firearms Training Services. Uh, and Tom's also an author. So, um, Tom, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. Glad to be here
3: so yeah tom uh you know when we were talking a couple of weeks ago i was telling you how we uh, i used to say we've regained our concealed carry rights back here in san diego and actually that's that's not true i think we we've got them now for the first time really um but a couple of years ago san diego county gun owners was able to persuade the sheriff to um, start issuing concealed carry and just like it is all around the country it's um it's just uh blowing up out here everybody's uh, really interested in it and uh, we're getting lots of permits And I was talking to you about your book that you wrote, The Concealed Carry Class, which um, I read uh, a couple of months ago. Just a fantastic book. And I wanted to ask you about the book, how you came about, um, you know, writing that and what readers can expect to get out of that.
4: Okay. Well, actually, uh, I started teaching part-time in 1975 and full-time since 1996. So I had an awful lot of exposure to People are getting training here, and, and I've, I see a lot of the same deficiencies uh, throughout the years so people not really understanding what's involved. Uh, you know, I think we tell people who haven't had any training, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so they, they really don't have a clue. So we uh, find a lot of issues with uh, not really knowing what their legal rights are, not what, knowing what their legal responsibilities are, what they can do, what they can't do. Uh, There's a bewildering array of equipment available to a newbie uh, from handguns, officers, to ammunition. As you probably know, the gun shop's not exactly the best source of information about that sort of thing. So what we tried to do with this particular book is uh, have a one-stop shop, you might say, for somebody who wants to get into uh, carrying a gun for self-defense. Uh, there are 30 chapters, so they, they cover just about everything that's involved uh, in wearing a gun for self-defense. First half of the book are what uh, what I think of as the software issues, the mental stuff, uh, preparing your mind to deal with this, uh, uh, how to become more aware and more alert to probably uh, avoid the vast majority of these things. Uh, the second, it uh, also gets into the legal issues and, and uh, what you can expect in the aftermath and whatnot. The second half, what I think of is the hardware issues, where we get into the guns and the holsters and the ammunition and shooting technique and uh, and so forth. So uh, the idea was to put in one place uh, the information that somebody would need to actually get a good start in this, uh, not have to reinvent the wheel several times, not buy a bunch of crap equipment that they have to wind up replacing. Uh, if you buy the right stuff the first time around, you're, you'll not only save a great deal of money, you'll perform a lot better and progress a lot quicker. Uh, that somebody that uh, has to go the typical route and kind of feel around the dark and and uh, make their way through this without guidance.
2: Hey Tom, so forty five years of training and that's amazing, and you're truly one of the uh, one of the leaders in the nation. I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, the role you play. But in forty-five years of training, how much I've seen things change just in the last 10, 20 years. How okay. much have things changed as far as carrying concealed or carrying a firearm for prote- uh, for protection in, in forty-five years, from day one to now. What <laughs> what are a couple of the major changes you you've noticed and uh, how, many,
4: how many hours? How many hours? To yeah, <laughs>
2: you pick like one or two. <laughs> but I know it, it. Really, it's it's like nine day. Honestly, Tom, I'm not even sure the four universal rules were all that standard forty-five years ago, and I'm not Basically. joking.
4: They were, they were not. They, they came about, to, well, actually, they came about in the late 70s. Uh, the first time that they were put out as we see them today it was probably uh, about the mid-70s. Uh, They've been using them pretty much unchanged since then. But that's damn near the only thing that had changed. to tell you the truth. Uh, in 1980, uh, there were only eight or ten states in the whole country where you could get a permit to carry a gun. Um, the, uh, especially in the South, the Reconstruction Era. After the Civil War, uh, when we got all of our draconian uh, gun control laws down here that have just now, in the last uh, couple decades, been done away with. Uh, In Tennessee, for instance, from the Civil War until the 1980s, there was no way for a private citizen to legally carry a gun, period. Uh, You had to be a sworn commissioned law enforcement officer or a railroad conductor, one or the other. Hmm. And um, uh, until the mid 80s, uh, there was no legal way for a private citizen to. Carry a gun, period. And that was true through most of the country. So that's probably the biggest change, is we've gone from eight or ten states to all 50 states having at least a theoretical permit system. And I say theoretical because places like Hawaii have a system, but nobody has one. But um, all 50 states, and now we're at, what, 16 states that allow you to carry without a permit. So there are more states now with permitless carry than there were states with permits 40 years ago. 40 years ago, if you had told me There'd be 16 states that didn't require a permit to carry a concealed gun. I thought you were crazy, and uh, I expect uh, actually there's a bill pending in Tennessee to add it, so that they would make 17, and it's probably going to pass in some form. And to me, that's probably the biggest change.
2: And it is a big change. I I don't think people realize that in California, most. I you know, I, I'm I think a the most people in that live in California don't have access to be able to get a CCW or it's darn near close to most. But most counties, do issue, and we have 58 counties out here. So most of the rural areas, and now some of the uh, suburban and um, I, you know, I consider San Diego is kind of a small city, but we're uh, kind of a suburban area mainly. Um, but I'm not even sure. Have you heard that you know Orange County uh, has gone from a thousand to 16,000 permits, and San Diego is yeah. now issuing have You heard that on on your side of the country?
4: Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, I'm. Still a little bit amazed uh, at the amount of progress you made in the last couple of years, uh, of course if you're in a place like Los Angeles it's a different story, San Francisco, yeah. but I think much of the state uh, is probably a good bit different when when people on my side of the world think of California, of course we always think of Los Angeles or San Francisco, and I'm sure that doesn't represent the entire state
3: no and that's what happens out here too because uh you know we've got I think three point four million people here in San Diego county and yeah. uh that's why it's such a big deal for us uh you know being able to persuade the sheriff to start issuing down here they still uh like you're saying have the problem in los angeles county and san francisco those people aren't uh aren't issuing but um you know the rest of the state uh not too bad so we're making progress and um you know looking at your book here too uh your book really does cover everything and when we were uh we were going around uh giving um CCW workshops out here explaining to people how to go through the process and what to do. And we do about eight of them uh, each month, and they're just um, pretty much full each time. And, uh, you know, what I tell people usually is the the um, gun is probably the easiest part of the, uh, the CCW thing. There's so many other things that you have to figure out and learn. And your book uh, just covers all of that really well. And I wanted to ask you, what is, um, you know, with your experience with uh, training people for concealed carry, what's one of the most challenging things that that new people have to deal with or have to learn with that?
4: You know, that's a real simple one. The the single hardest thing to get across to people is that nobody's going to come save them. Nobody else cares about their personal security. Uh, Nobody is physically able to come do anything about an attack while it's going on it's simply not physically possible. And so the hardest thing is getting them to understand that they're actually responsible for their own safety, they're actually responsible for their family's safety and that you can't hand that responsibility off to somebody else. You know the the average response time for police in this country for a priority 1 call is over 15 minutes. Wow. Uh, the average criminal interaction with, uh, in a violent crime is less than a minute. So in 14 minutes, the police are going to show up, assuming somebody calls them, and, and do what? They can't get in the time machine, go back 14 minutes, and intervene.
0: That's right.
4: Uh, in my entire career, I think I intervened in about two, two things where I happened to be just accidentally close enough to get involved, In the rest of the time, you either proactively start a stop yourself or you're going to take a report on something that has happened in the past.
1: Yeah. Hey, Tom, yeah, t- Tom, yeah. because you're so good, we're going to have you hang on for another segment if that's okay with you. Sure, I'll be here. Got to go pay the bills. Uh, right yeah. here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike, Lance, and I use them. So does Joe. Firearms Legal Protection is the legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com. Call them at 469 310 That's 469-310-9100 or FirearmsLegal.com. Remember, gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. California's assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR plat- pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle. So it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon it's a true drop-in solution no milling no aesthetic modifications no turning off your gas system keep your entire ar collection attack at a price you can afford with cali key check out cali key at calikey.com k-a-l-i-k-e-y k-a-l-i-k-e-y.com hey did you see where home mortgage interest rates have dropped into the basement well guess what if you're looking to buy or refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call a loan local mortgage guy that you can trust as well as us. Chris Wiley is our choice at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris at 619-722-1303 or primerescom backslash Alpine. All right, Tom. Well, hey, uh, I think Joe had a question for you before you came back on.
3: All right. So, yeah, Tom, uh, just following up on what we were talking <coughs> about before the break, um, I remember reading in your book that you've had, uh, what, 67 former students of yours have been involved in uh, actual self-defense incidents?
4: Uh, that's and, the uh, ones we know about, yeah. And uh, a, lot that, of people, a lot of people are a little reticent to, to talk about those. They don't want the neighbors to know where the – co-workers of people at church but that's the ones that have either come back to the school and reported in or have been reported to me through law enforcement channels.
3: Oh, I think it's amazing that you have that kind of information. You've got to be one of the few people in the country with that kind of information but um, what can you tell us about that or what, what have you learned or what have you been able to learn from their experiences?
4: Yeah, does, well, that, does that
1: change your uh, your training by getting, feedback,
3: by getting feedback
1: from these folks?
4: Yeah, yeah it does. That's what we try to try to base our training on reality instead of trying to Force reality into a a mold that we like. Uh, I think it prepares students a lot better. I might mention uh, before the break, I I said the hardest thing is getting people to understand that they have to carry a gun. They have to actually have it on them. Owning a gun, I don't care how many you own, I don't care what skill level you have, I don't care how many purpose you have. If you didn't bring the gun with you, it's not going to do you any good. Of those uh, 67 incidents, there were 64 clear victories. Uh, Three of them were wounded, but they have recovered zero losses and uh, three forfeits. What, what's three forfeits mean? Good question. It means they showed up without a gun that day and they died. Oh, three no, days. not good. Um, they uh, had permits, they had training, they had guns, but for whatever reason they made a decision that on that particular day they didn't need it and didn't wear it. And uh, all three were murdered in separate street robberies. Uh, all three were executed after having done what the robbers told them to do. Uh, and uh, the last one, they were eyewitnesses. And uh, the witnesses said the guy had handed over his cell phone and wallet was standing there with his hands in the air when the guy shot him in the face and killed him. Wow. Now, 64 out of 64 that had a gun one, Three out of three that didn't have a gun died. A policeman would call that a clue. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's probably the biggest single lesson from it is that uh, I don't really care how many guns you got or how good you are with them. If you didn't bring one with you today, it doesn't matter.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's something we emphasize out here too when when we're talking to people about, you know, getting your concealed carry. And, uh, you know, we always emphasize that, that you're adopting that lifestyle. If, if you're thinking about getting a gun and you're planning to carry it you know four days out of the year when you go to your brother-in-law's house because in you know, a he's in a sketchy area or something like that you're you're better off maybe not doing it you know if you're if you're going to do it embrace the lifestyle and carry whenever you can
4: yeah uh here's a question for you. if you're wearing a gun because you're going somewhere you think you might need it why in the hell are you going there <laughs> very good <laughs> i mean I, I don't go anywhere i think i'd need a gun <laughs> you, know, ask, you think you need to wear a gun to the Walmart? No, I don't. That's a good uh, one. But I, I got to get there. I got to get back. And God knows what might happen while I'm there. You know, I was in the Walmart in uh, El Paso that got shot up a few months ago, yeah. just just a, a couple of months before that incident. And no, uh, you, you don't get to pick the day. Somebody else picks the day, and they will typically only inform you at the very last minute.
1: <laughs> if they inform you at all.
4: Yeah, well, they inform you by pointing a gun at you and saying, this is it. So... um Is wearing a gun every day a pain in the ass? Yes, it is. Uh, Is it something you can get around and learn to deal with? Yes, it is. Uh, Is it it a lot easier to pull up with a lifetime of regret because your spouse was murdered in front of you or your child's abducted or you're crippled for life because you didn't bother to wear one today? Yes, it is. So first and biggest lesson is people just have to get over and accept the lifestyle that I'm going to have to be responsible for my own safety. I'm going to have to be responsible for my family's safety. That means I have to have emergency life-saving equipment with me. If it's pain in the butt, it's too bad. I just have to put up with it.
2: I really have, you know, I've only had my CCW for just a couple years now, less than a couple years, actually. And I, I keep, there have really truly been times when I'm headed for the front door to go, you know, get a gallon of milk at the grocery store and thought, well, I don't need it this time and stopped and said, you know what? If this is the time, I will regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And gone and, and uh, you know, uh, done what I needed to do. But I, I think know, it, absolutely it appears right.
4: from several decades of research, this, it appears that going to the store just for milk and bread seems to be the most dangerous thing you can do. Hmm. But apparently, you either go and buy everything or don't go at all. But just going for milk and bread seems to attract problems.
2: Well, I'm giving up uh, dairy and carbs then, I guess. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. <laughs> And, Tom, I'm I'm guessing most of your your students that were involved in these things weren't doing anything unusual or weren't in bad parts of town at bad times or anything. They were probably just going about their normal uh, activities. Is that right?
4: Yeah. Uh, They were at uh, shopping malls, uh, convenience store gas stations, uh, going going to the bank, coming home from work. About 10% occur in or around the home by in or around, in means inside, around means in the front yard, in the driveway, in the garage. It's about 10% roughly. And then the other 90% are out in public doing their normal thing. Uh, Several on shopping mall parking lots with literally thousands of people present. Uh, That has nothing to do with you and a guy over here on the parking lot by the parked cars where he's robbing you or carjacking you. So uh, all of these people are just going through their daily routine, uh, doing normal, everyday citizen stuff.
2: Well, you know, one of the things I like that you said, I believe this is you. Speed without hits is a waste of ammo. Hits without speed is a waste of time. That, that that's a uh, close. that's yeah. you, right? Yeah, pretty close. Now, if you're uh, someone that's considering getting in a, you know, like I said, we have a lot of new CCW folks here in San Diego. Um, and if you if if someone out here just got their CCW or maybe they're considering it. How much training? You know, the answer to how much training is as much as you can get and as much as you can afford. But honestly, reasonably, what's a minimum expectation? You think that a a, a new CCW holder, uh, you know, how how much, what's a minimum expectation when it comes to training for someone?
4: What what people need to understand in in just about every state, the, the mandated CCW class is not about carrying a gun and it's certainly not about shooting a gun well. It's about checking a box to get a permit. And uh, it's simply a bureaucratic requirements. It really has nothing to do with reality. So, at the very least, a full two-day, typically weekend, but not always, but a full two-day uh, class with a with a professional instructor that involves uh, actually drawing a gun from the holster. It, it makes I me mean, in most states, uh, your carry permit class doesn't involve drawing a gun from a holster. Uh, in fact, in some states, it's prohibited. In Tennessee, you're not allowed to teach from a holster in a permit class. And yet, what are they expected to do when they leave the class? Put the gun in the holster and wear it. Uh, so one of the most dangerous things we do with our handguns is, is not drawing it from holsters, putting them back in. Uh, an awful lot of negligent discharges, an awful lot of self-inflicted injuries occur during that process because people are not doing it correctly. And if you have to put that gun away in the real world, it, it's because you had it out because your life was in immediate danger, and you either shot somebody with it, shot at somebody, or ran them off at gunpoint. So you're going to be the most hyper and adrenalized you've ever been. So putting the gun back in those conditions is actually the single most dangerous thing we do with one. Uh, you need, uh, a, a typical person has no idea, as I said earlier, what they don't know. Uh, you, at a little bit of training in, say, a two-day class can bring one's martianship skills up uh, enormously from someone's head, no training at all, even if they quote grew up around guns unquote. Mm-hmm.
2: So would you say a two day class a year is is pretty 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 minimum pretty yeah. minimum standards if you plan on carrying a gun daily?
4: I've been I've been carrying a gun every day for fifty years. I've been through numerous uh, anywhere from two day to five day courses over those years. I'm certified by the FBI and everybody else as a police firearms instructor, and I still try to take at least two classes a year from somebody outside my organization. Right. To Keep up what's going on. Prevent stagnation. Get some trigger time under somebody else's eyes because errors creep in over time. Yeah. And uh, if somebody that's uh, won uh, four or five state uh, championships with a pistol and and been uh, through all this training and carried one for 50 years still needs training, I suspect newbie does too. Yeah,
1: totally. Hey, how do people follow you around? You got a website?
4: Uh, Rangemaster dot com, real simple. Oh,
1: that is, even I can do that one. That's excellent. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hey,
4: if we want a copy of the book uh, uh, GundigestStore.com dot com is probably the best place. It's About twenty four bucks, digital or print copy, and and uh, they can order them right right off the uh, GundigestStore.com dot com website.
1: Yeah, and then go to the go to his website. That way, when if he's ever out speaking someplace, folks, you could take that book. And I'll bet you he'll autograph it.
3: Well, and Tom runs it. classes all around the country. Too, there you so. go. There you go. You're halfway there. Thanks, buddy. It's good talking to you. Thank you so much,
1: Tom. Right. Yeah. we we'll to be, be here. We'll be talking to you down the road right here all on right. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. The answer. The answer. Hey, folks, have you been to A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon? Well, I just came back from there, and let me tell you what. They've got the widest selection of guns in San Diego County. There's more guns in the back room than there is in the front room. They have over 600 unique guns in stock, including, as I said, hundreds of used guns. Go see their full-service, experienced gunsmith. They can do everything from mild repairs to full-custom firearms. AO Sword Firearms Store located at 929 East Main Street in the city of El Cajon. Go to their website at aosword.com or call 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. AO Sword Firearms is your go-to place for all things firearms. That's aosword.com. Give them a call at 619-749-4867 and thank them for supporting Gun Sports Media. All right, this segment is normally John Dillon, but that little lawyer is just up to his ears in lawsuits, all in our benefit. Gatsky, Dillon, and Balance LLP. Go to cafirearmslaw.com, or you can call John Direct at 760-431-9501. Don't make a move if you're in any kind of trouble, and it's gun-related, until you talk to John Dillon. Trust me, you'll thank us for it in the long haul. Now that John is not uh, calling in, Michael, you were talking off air about a Second
2: Amendment, uh, what was that program? Yeah, we have a seminar coming up on April 18th uh, called How to Be a Second Amendment Activist. We've actually done this seminar a few times. We've done it in uh, Orange County a couple times. There's one actually going on right now. We've done it in San Diego, and now we're going to do it in Riverside so that San Bernardino and Riverside can both attend. And it basically teaches you the things you need to know to be an effective activist, I was so frustrated when uh, I would hear from uh, some of the Second Amendment leaders who said, send emails, make phone calls. And I, it just felt like there had to be something more to, to be effective. So we put together a curriculum. It's about five or six hours worth of curriculum. It teaches you how to organize. It teaches you what activism really is and means. And it teaches you actual steps to take so that you can be effective in getting the right people elected, making sure to hold them accountable, and basically uh, do the things it takes to Make sure that the Second Amendment has a voice in politics. So we're teaching that. Uh, if you want more information on it, go to San Bernardino County Gun Owners dot com or SB Gun dot com, or find us on Facebook, or go to Riverside County Gun Owners dot com. It's April eighteenth. It's a one day course. Um, it's less than twenty dollars per person, and mm-hmm. we're serving lunch.
1: Okay, so now that you bring this up, because it's funny you should say that, because in my anger, I have been reaching out to my my selected uh uh representatives they never sent nothing back to me they never return my emails they never do anything like that at all so i might even take the next class you do here in
2: san diego yeah you know we the first thing we do is we define activism you know what exactly does activism mean and it's it's an activity that you do that would have a direct effect on public policy gotcha so a lot of people think okay well i'm gonna go post a meme on facebook well is that activism I don't think so probably not you know um we we actually gave the example there's a, a lady uh, uh who has a young lady um who has a uh, uh an internet show what it amounts to um and she was she got real famous because she graduated from college and took a graduation picture with an ar-10 strapped her back and people, you know, gave her a lot of attention. And now she goes to different campuses and different uh, protests and asks questions that they can't answer. You know, some, some of them are pretty basic. And really what she's doing is exposing, hey, they really don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And she's frequently described as a Second Amendment activist. So we actually uh, uh, show that clip and say, okay, is this activism? You know, she's described as a Second Amendment activist, but is what she doing having a direct effect on public policy? And I say, in most cases, the answer is no, Mm. it's not. You know, she she goes and she, uh, you know, pokes holes in their arguments and, you know, uh, shows they really don't know what they're talking about. They're just showing up to to protest or whatever. It's kind of an emotional response to might be a debater. Well, you know, I'm not saying what she's doing is good or bad. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but it's not activism. You know, it's really and it makes people feel good when they watch it. They go, hey, here's here are people up on the screen that I disagree with. And I I feel real warm inside when they Mm -hmm. clearly look like idiots. You know, that makes everybody feel good. But it's not activism. Gotcha. So we teach things like, uh, all right, well, here's how to get involved. Here's how to get involved in different organizations. Here's how to. It's uh, steps to take to do like a fundraiser for a city council member. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, doing a fundraiser or a meet and greet is, is real complicated. It's really not. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated. And what that does is it helps, uh, first off, vet the candidate. Uh, it helps form a relationship with the candidate or elected official um, so that when you do email that person or when you do call them, they know they have to respond. You know, if you're a stranger to your representative, Mm -hmm. how much are they going to care about you? Right. Well, not a lot. But what if you what if you help them get elected Mm -hmm. or what if they know, hey, I've met with this person. They're extremely reasonable. They're very level headed. They're somebody that cares about the community. This is somebody I need to respond to. Right. And a lot of times in the seminars, I'll ask, okay, how many people here have held a fundraiser or a meet and greet uh, for a candidate? How many people have walked a uh, precinct or a neighborhood Mm -hmm. for a candidate? How many people have phone banked for a very few hands go up? But they get really frustrated when you know, hey, the my rep
1: go their way.
2: Yeah, my representative is not doing what I say. Well, you're a total stranger. You you've done absolutely. They don't know you from Adam, right? So,
1: which is me? Because, like I said, I sent emails to them and
2: didn't get any response. Well, they don't know who I am. And but and the other thing we do is we talk about how to. This is actually very very interesting. We talk about how to. Talk to somebody who disagrees with you. You know what did they base their political opinions on? What what's their foundation for? You know why do they? Or why are they anti-gun? Mm-hmm. Or why do they believe what they believe and I believe what I believe? And uh, a lot of times, if you can find that foundation, oh, okay, this person's not basing it on logic. They're basing it on some form of emotion. You know, uh, you know, some kind of caring emotion or, or something like that. And you start to talk to them in that manner, mm-hmm. then you'll you'll uh, You'll make some headway. Now, what I mean by that is if you say, hey, the Second Amendment's important because it's in the Constitution, and the Constitution is the law of the land. And that, what if they don't care about the Constitution? Now, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do now? Like, you can just sit there and talk about the Constitution all day long. But if they don't believe but it. But if they don't care, right. then why would you? But what if they just simply say, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I see reports, and there are kids uh, dying. You know, and and that's and, and I care about that. Well, you know, first off, that's not a horrible person. Mm-hmm. You know, their hearts in the right place. Um, but, you know, that their entire basis for their argument has to do with, uh, you, you know, caring about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So we need to approach it that way. All right. Well, you know, I, that's exactly why I'm pro Second Amendment, because I care about kids. I care about single moms. You know, it's not fair that mm-hmm. uh, kids aren't protected. Uh, in an effective manner it's not fair that single moms can't protect themselves in a, in a, in a uh, an effective manner so that's you know like a 38 second you know uh portion of of uh what you do of, of what we do in that seminar but it's it's proven to be very uh, effective and uh,
1: how long are they uh
2: five or six hours yeah we're doing a four part uh, series up in orange county at their monthly meetings it's about an hour and a half four one hour one and a half hour uh, how many of these do uh, you do a year well, we I you know we did one, uh, I don't know, maybe one one a year, but this year we're actually doing two because Riverside and San Bernardino are are just starting out. They're right next door to each other. Both their leadership decided, "Hey, this is something we want to we want to start off on the on the right track, you know, we want to form good habits early."
1: But if somebody can't
2: go to that seminar Is that same outline on San Diego County gun owners? If they can't go to the seminar, then come to the meetings because these are Ah. are things we try to touch on in every meeting. Perfect. You know, we try to, uh, you know, make the, you know, rubber meet the road in every meeting. And let's say there are 30 or 40 people that come to the seminar. Um, a lot of times they need people to help them execute on the things that they're doing. So, uh, you know, if if 30 or 40 people go to the seminar and then, you know, then now they're looking for people to help. So if you can't make it to the seminar and make it to the meeting and help one of the 30 or 40 people right. who've gotten the tools and the skills and the knowledge to uh, to move the ball forward. And one thing I learned,
0: uh, I took those two classes on how to run political campaigns. They run five months long each. And the one thing they hammered and I uh, on and on and on about, which is very important for all of us, and that is to arm and our uh, our elected officials, the people you believe in. If you don't stand up and, and help them, either right. through money, through volunteering, or putting right. a sign, whatever the case may be, then you know you're going to lose your rights. Yeah. And so, to your point about activism and teaching people uh, to go to do that and get involved, or by getting involved in a political process. And again, that's why San Diego County gun owners is so important because it's an easy way to get involved with like-minded people to any degree you want to get involved, but at least, you know, join the more number San Diego County gun owners has. When Mike walks into a room with a bunch of political folks, uh, you know, he,
2: he carries a lot of power. The more way. we can do. And the most important thing about getting elected, a lot of people think, well, it's your viewpoint or it's uh uh, how much money you've raised, and um, you know it's it's your you know how many times you've you know uh, uh, been on TV or whatever. The most important part of getting elected is getting people to show up to the polls, and that kind of sounds you know simplistic, mm-hmm. but it's it's something that uh, few people really think about. You know yeah. that yeah. it doesn't matter how many people agree with you; it matters how many people show up to to vote for you. Right. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you've raised. It matters if you've used that money to get people to the polls. Because a lot of people, most most of the folks that are, are listening now are responsible voters. They go every election, you know, and they, yeah. they vote every single time. But it's surprising There's really only about that. That, that's about, that describes about one in every three people. Mm-hmm. So two-thirds of Americans out there who can vote don't, which is crazy wow, to me. Insane.
0: It's also interesting, too, that uh, when someone, a political candidate, asks you for money, you should ask them, tell me exactly how many votes do you need to win? And if they can't tell you that very simple thing, don't give them any money. Yeah. How they many, should know yeah. exactly because they look at their their district and they'll know how many people there are, but how many registered voters there are, how many registered Democrats, Republicans, independents, whatever the case may be. Right. And they should be able to tell you exactly how many they need. And exactly. it's surprising how many can't tell you
2: that. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. How many votes do you need? How much money do you, are you going to need to raise? You know, how much money did yeah. the you know the last person that won in that district, how much money did they raise? You right. know, if they don't know that number or if their number is significantly less, you got to start to question, well, wait a minute, do you really know what you're doing? And oh, by the way, if you get the amount of money that you're going to need, how are you going to spend it? Right. Uh, gee, um, <laughs> I don't know. These are things you got to know. If, you, if they don't know the answers to these types of questions, they they're know. not a serious right. candidate. And that's why you put out the voter guide. The San Diego County gun owners put out the so
0: vo- put puts out the voter guide, and one last thing too. Someone said a long time ago that a uh, an activist, a good activist, doesn't make a good legislator.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's and very by the way, true. San Diego County gun owners has a task for the next election. We need a county guide, not just a San Diego guide.
2: Well, it, well, you're not doing nothing. No, it covers right. the whole county.
1: <laughs> I looked onto your sheet and I'm looking at my ballot and my ballot, half the people weren't on the, on the ballot,
2: but that's okay. All, All right. right. I'll make you work harder. Yeah. Well, not,
1: no. You're not doing enough.
2: Well, no. We. <laughs> well, well, all right. We'll talk about it off there. Of but it's uh, it covers the whole county. Every city, every county vote. What it doesn't count are statewide yeah. or uh, federal because we legally can't endorse uh, statewide or federal. Really? Maybe that's. Is maybe that maybe what you're talking that, about? That must be what so it is. Yeah. So, assembly or state senate, we can't yeah, endorse. You got you, got you, got you. Federal, right. we can't endorse. So and right. we did that on purpose because there are a lot of really good. Organizations that do it. And we don't want to contradict. I mean, NRA and CRPA and Firearms Policy Coalition and Gun Owners California Mm -hmm. and Gun Owners America are doing a great job. Okay. That's where I'll check next time.
1: All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. Boy, there's a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio. FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. is Gun Sports Radio, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike, Lance, Joe, and I use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com or call 469-310-9100, that's 469-310-9100, FirearmsLegal.com. Hey, gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. This segment is brought to you by The Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue, 10 to 10, days a week. The Nordstrom's of gun ranges, just not the price. It's all about service. When it comes to The Gun Range San Diego, go to TheGunRangeSanDiego.com. There's more information there than you can shake a stick at. Right now, we got our good buddy. Is it Casey on the line? Jason. Jason. Hey, Jason. Oh, have got no calls yet. Neener, neener, neener. He's
0: busy. All right, Lance, just for that, it's on you. Yeah, it's on me. Well, you know, I was at uh, The Gun Range uh san diego yesterday through a couple that, rounds down the down the range you know we talk about training and so you just you know you you just gotta it's not like riding a bike mm-hmm. and you just gotta
2: show up and and do it you know well they've been uh really supportive of the ucsd marksmanship club uh which okay, formed cool. yep we take them to the range at least once a month and that uh, often yeah well that's great yeah one, once a month and uh is that group getting bigger and bigger Yeah, well, um, I think their leadership is kind of stabilized, and what they are doing is attracting more and more students. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe two thirds of the folks that show up are brand new; they've never been to an event before. And uh, but then they have, you know, about a third of them are returning. Yeah, having they just want to come and have fun, and so we try to mix it up. We we make sure that hey, if you're brand new, um, we're going to put you with somebody that knows you're brand new. We're going to teach you the basics. But if you've been through it once or twice or a couple times, then We'll we'll touch up on the basics and then we're going to give you something cool to shoot, you know. And right. we try to make sure everybody has a, has a lot of fun. It's not too structured, um, but it, that it's uh, always extremely safe and, and a lot of fun. Well, but, but how cool is that? How many people would have thought oh, that UCSD would have I a, know. Did a did shooting come club? To you or did you go to them? No, Jimmy. Jimmy is the student who came to us and said, "Hey, here's what here's what we're looking at doing. Can you help?" And how oh, cool? So we're trying to help in every way we can, but Jimmy's doing all the hard work. Well, like uh, Tom Givens, you know, our, our previous
0: guest just uh, said. You know, it's, it's good to go out and and train, you know, and he will look at him. He's like one of the best trainers on the planet. And he goes out and trains with so many different, you know, uh, twice a year. What a really cool thing
2: yeah That's awesome. hey, so I got a call from recoil magazine. Have you guys seen recoil yeah. magazine? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. recoil ma- magazine's beautiful. It's a beautiful gun magazine. Mm-hmm. you know, the photography and the table it's one of those coffee table magazines. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. I mean, you know the 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 paper stock right. is is amazing. It's and when's the last time you've seen that lately in the me in the magazine world? yeah, well, right? they're kind of bucking the trend yeah, of are. of uh, you know print versus digital, but they do an amazing job. Heard from them. Uh, first off, they're going to come to Gunprom. Oh, great. So we're probably going to be featured in a future repo. And that's on May 16th? May 16th. Go to GunProm.com. They're going to come and uh, uh, oh, know, good. basically cover it. They're going to take some pictures and probably interview some folks. Um, but they're also going to uh, have me. Uh, they have this ongoing series where they show the, different people and what their everyday carry is and then also what their night uh, their nighttime, you know, their bedstand oh. setup ah. is, you know, their bump in the night. I forget how they phrase I it. I got it. But they, they basically said, all right, well, here's the parameters. Here's what we want to know, but it's the, you know, the bump in the night uh setup, you know, what do you carry? So I'm I'm working on that. We're I might trap. I, I was, <laughs> I was kind of bummed to find out they don't want multiple entries. So I got to pick one of the, <laughs> uh,
3: well, have hey, have Lauren do one and you do the other. I was thinking about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They love a girl's perspective. Does your bump in the night setup involve a flashlight? Because I think a lot of people forget that part. Oh, no. I got one in my headboard. You're absolutely right. You have to have a flashlight. The other thing that a lot of people
2: forget, even if they remember a flashlight, is some kind of, you got to be able to see your sights. Some kind of either glow-in-the-dark sights or a laser or something. People forget about that. They buy a
0: stock weapon, whatever it is, and they forget that you just can't see that thing at night. Well, let me give you another
2: thing.
1: Shoes. (laughs) you should have shoes right next to your bed because if you ever got out you didn't have any shoes on Mm -hmm. running around the house with no shoes on if he breaks glass or she breaks glass no you should always have shoes step on a lego oh don't even start or a dog well i'll tell you
3: when when you do the uh when you do your training there uh somebody you should always try to fit in a a low light or a night kind of uh shooting uh training because one of the things you notice, you could have your uh, your night sights that light up, and you could see your sights. But if you can't see the target, the lit up sights don't help you. If you could see, uh, a lot of times, if you could see the uh, the target, you know, in a low light condition, those um, the tritium sights and things don't really pop out in a, in a low gray light. So it's interesting because uh, you know when you take those kind of uh, night shooting things and things like that, you'll you'll learn how to you know when you shoot, you use the flash basically to line up your next site but it's uh it's very interesting though but not something you would think about and it's funny you should
1: say that because i've always seen you know like they say you know you should have a really good light you know you shine and then you
2: well wasn't that a target back to you from the shooter yeah i you know i think that that, i think i think that uh, you know unless you're being invaded by you know navy seals I've heard that a lot. You know what I mean. It seems like that might be. <laughs> That's a good one. You know what I mean. I, I don't know if like your you were average. Over the other night, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if your average. Uh, you got to really kind of be realistic about what. Are, what are you really preparing for? Well, see, I'd hold a light way out here. You know, I wouldn't be holding it right over my right in front of my. What face. about ear protection? I would just wonder if there is really ever a case out there mm-hmm. that exists ever where uh, you know a, a robber in a house. Uh, saw somebody's light and shot them because Mm. they gave away their position. That sounds like something that happens in a battlefield maybe, you know, but I don't, I just don't think that that's a realistic expectation. Oh, well, I I take it back, but I did. (laughs) But Joe, what you're saying, you know, years ago I I went and did a low light shoot and I, I always thought, well, heck I have this huge flashlight on the end of my gun. That's what's going to light up. You know, I'm going to be able to see my sights but no, when it's 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 forward of your sight's typically. Yeah. And therefore it casts a dark dark
3: shadow on your sight. So if you don't have something that's glowing, well, that you're opens, in the dark. That opens up another question too because um, you know, having the light mounted on the uh, on the handgun which, you know, it's it's cool and a lot of people do that and stuff, but you know, if you're a law enforcement person where you have to go into those situations and it makes sense to do that. As a uh, as an armed citizen, though, you got to remember if you're you know you don't want to be searching with that. For instance, I mean you don't want to be pointing because if the light's mounted on your gun, you've got to point your gun where you're looking, and um, you know unless you're unless you're pointed at something you want to be shooting, you know it's it's kind of a less good thing. So what's so, your answer? Uh, I have a separate flashlight, but I mean, I don't, and it's just my, my preference. I don't mount it on my gun. Well, see, that's what I would do too. I would have a sh- separate light. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, and the other thing yeah, too yeah. is, you know, as law enforcement, they're forced to go into those situations. Well, yeah. You not necessarily. But wearing a flak
1: know. jacket too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> not that that's the answer. But
2: sh- shooting separately, lining up a flashlight with... What you're going to shoot at takes training. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's not everything it's not, takes training. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and that, that's why it's great to take those class because I, I mean I, I discovered so many things in the night training or the the night shooting classes, just different ways to hold the flashlight. Mm. Just it was it was a shock to me that my really cool tritium sights I couldn't see because <laughs> yeah I could see the sight, but there's you know What's, if it's black, black enough to that? see the sight. I can't see what I'm shooting can't at. Shooting if I can see what I'm shooting at, I probably can't see the sight. Somebody yeah. told me—I forget who it was. It might have been Bill DC. But did 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 you learn the?
2: You take the flashlight and you press it up against your the temple your temple of your head there.
3: I I learned about the jaw line. That the was jaw another line. way to do it. And uh, it's amazingly know, that, effective. Two handed grip, and then the um, the one that Dave is talking about, where you hold it up here. I think they called the FBI style or something Ooh, like, like that. that. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but you for sure take a class, though. Yeah. It's, uh,
1: Whichever way you want to do it, take a class. It's really enlightening. And train yourself. Do any of the ranges do low-light shooting? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I know Poway's got a got a class. I'm pretty sure they, they've done some things at, at the gun range San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet um, Bill
3: DC does that over yeah. at the Glock store as well. Oh, yeah. Of course.
2: Yep. Absolutely. So, Yeah. yeah. You can, you can find it. But it's,
1: but the key is, if you didn't listen to anything we said all day today for the first hour, train, 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 train. Well, go speaking of
0: training. that, these two guys are going to be training next week. They're yeah. going to be up at beautiful Front site right? That's right. Oh, train. That next week? And I'm going to be training, training? also, but I'll be in a what you training doing? with a wine glass. <laughs> uh, where are you so, going? I'm going to go to Paso Robles. Paso Robles? Yeah. These
1: hey. guys
2: are going to go to Front site
1: I hear it's going to be chilly over there, guys. No, it,
2: it, it better not be because ah. I'm. I'm only bringing shorts. <laughs> oh, no, you're in
1: serious. Your kneecaps are gonna freeze. We got to train, right train, train right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy.
2: The answer.